Hey everybody, I'm Bridget. And I'm Erin. And we're Bicoastal Biatches. How you doing and, today, Erin? Oh, you know, living the dream, living the dream. Um, I want to just real quick, I want to say a shout out. Thank you so much to everyone for the outpouring of love and the uh, people that have showed us that they subscribed, which is adorable. Keep sending us those images. We love them. And also uh, want to say we are now on iTunes. We have fucking made it. iTunes. Nice. Okay. So now I am a fucking droid girl. I am not part of the Apple cult. So can you please explain to me why it is so important we're on fucking iTunes? So truly at this point, it's not. And I learned a new word to, uh, the other day that's chuggy. And chuggy is for people that like shit that's not popular anymore. Like people that are really still into pumpkin spice latte and Ugg boots, for instance. Anyway, I digress. So, Are you talking about the Ugg slippers that I'm wearing right now? Are you saying shit to me? Shit. Yes. <laughs> But no, there was a news report. It's all these fucking Gen Z people or whatever they're called. What the the after the millennial generation is come up with a word chuggy, which literally means that we're dumb and old and the things we like aren't cool anymore. Um, so in a very chuggy way, I would like to just say that when I was a little younger, iTunes was a little harder to get onto. You had to like submit your thing and it was like a whole process. It's not as big of a process now, but it took the longest because you can find us on Spotify and Pocket Casts and Google Podcasts. Uh, but iTunes was one of the one, like the last ones that we got approved for. And, and iTunes also, we had to be very clear that our show is explicit because they're a little more strict on if you don't say that and then you are. You get fooled real quick. And I wonder who's explicit on this podcast. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, my mom listened to the trailer. Oh, shit. And then on Mother's I'm Day, so my sorry. Mom, on Mother's Day, my mom shamed me and made me sit in the room. Not shamed me. She was just like, you should, you don't want to listen to this. My dad's like, no, I want to, I want to fucking hear it now. So, and my dad doesn't swear. So that's just me adding fuck for fun. And again. <laughs> And oh my god, I had to sit there and just like watch my dad's face. Like, oh my god! And like our trailer, if you didn't check that out because you were waiting for a full episode, our trailer we talk about. Uh, you actually say you'd rather have a dick in your mouth <laughs> than touch raw chicken. Oh, sorry. So I'm happened. so sorry. But if, if you want to continue to imagine the sadness that um, is my my life, uh, you, you guys should like our show, subscribe to our show, and please leave us a five-star rating because then other people will subscribe that aren't our friends, that are new people we've never met, and then they can be your friends too. Yes, Please, please, please do it. Please subscribe, like, and rate. We do appreciate it. And like Erin was saying, I mean, the messages we were getting were just so phenomenal. And we really do appreciate it all. Um, so thank you. And I do know a few people. I, uh, most people have been reaching out to me. I, I don't know about you, Erin, but most people have been reaching out to me via Twitter. Um, I did take a look at our 
Bicoastal Biatch's Twitter page, and we're going to update the, um, the, you know, the little bio stuff up top. We'll add our Gmail address. It's Bicoastal Biatch's, no space, one word, at gmail.com, but we will add it there. I think we even have an Instagram page that I created. I don't know if I did anything with it, but we'll get that going too. And we do have, oh, I forgot to tell you this, Aaron, before we do have messages open on Twitter. So anybody can send us a message as well. And we will be happily blocking people if we get any unsolicited pictures. And you know what type of pictures I'm talking about, people. So be nice, be kind, as they used to say in Blockbuster, and rewind before you do that fucking shit. First of all, (laughs) I just want to point out how fucking nice Bridget was to all of you bitches. Because that was, I had not heard you say please that many times in the entire time I've known you. So that's cool. And also, I get enough of those pics on Bumble. So Ugh. cut that shit out, guys. It's gross. Seriously. We don't want to see it in a yeah. picture. I mean, we want to see it eventually, but not in a picture. Great. Now my dad's going to hear that. <laughs> and definitely not when we don't ask for it. Like, okay, dudes, like, seriously, no unsolicited dick pics. Even if we're having a relationship, even if I've seen it, don't send it to me unless I specifically ask you to send it to me. That's all. That's all I'm saying. This has been a by Coastal Biatch's public service announcement. Full <laughs> men, 32, you're dead. Yes. Because we don't want to see if you're under 30. Well, maybe. Maybe we do. But, like, we're going to be very picky about those. Definitely got to be over 21. But, like, if you're under 30, really don't bother. I mean, look, Zach Efron used to be my, like, I could be a cougar for that guy. And he is now over 30. So that's that's a good cutoff for me. Anything, anything under 30 is probably going to make me feel really fucking old and chuggy. It's going to make you feel old and chuggy. How do you think it's going to make this 50-year-old bitch feel? I was uh, seriously going through Tinder the other day. I was like, oh, he's really hot. And then I looked at his age and he was like 32. I was like, shit, I was 18 when he was born. I was graduating high school. What the fuck? I have to swipe left because this is just not acceptable now, is it? But I probably would have done him anyway, I'll be honest. I mean, it's, it's, I don't know what the answer is. It's like, what do you talk? I mean, if you're just, you know, looking for someone to have fun with, it's probably fine. But like, if you expect to speak to that person afterwards, what do you talk to like a 22 year old guy about? Um, I got no clue. (laughs) Marvel movies. And I love my Marvel movies. I'm not insulting them. I love them. I go to them opening night, even if I have to go by myself. But I really can't see being able to talk to them about anything much more than that. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. All right. Let's let's segue <laughs> out of our sad dating life. So seriously, um, thank you, thank you so much to everybody. You guys are truly amazing. Um. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. That said, Bridget, how was your week? So, speaking of being 50 years old, (laughs) 
Oh my God. So my original plan for last year, because, you know, last year I turned 49. My original plan was I was going to get my shit together health wise. I was going to get to all my doctor's appointments. So this way, by the time I hit 50, I'd be ready. I'd be going. I'd have new doctors and stuff. Because of course, when I moved up to Connecticut from Long Island, I never bothered to get new doctors. And I knew 50 is that big year. Well, I never did it last year because fucking COVID, right? The only thing I did last year that I should have done was um, I got my uh, skin cancer screening done last year. And I actually have my my annual appointment in in June for that because I'm blonde, blue-eyed, pale skin. Um, I have been in a tanning bed a few times, which, of course, increases your chances for skin cancer. So you got to do that, right? And like, the fact is, is I live alone. So people ain't seeing my back or anything like that. So, you know, I need people to check my skin out to make sure. And both my father and my cousin have had some um, cancerous cells removed as well. So it's really important to do that. But I went for a physical this week for the first time in, I don't know how long. So for actually last week. So first off, I went on Monday to get my blood work done. This fucking bitch in the who was taking my blood work, right? She left a fucking bruise on my arm, like you would not believe, right? Like, and it's just like I go and I donate blood all the time, and they donate and they always take the blood out of the same arm that this bitch took the blood from. I've got a fucking bruise from this bitch. Meanwhile, the guys who are sucking pints of blood out of my arm don't leave me bruises, right? And she was rude and nasty, like barely even spoke. She was just like a royal bitch. So I go and I give blood on Monday. My appointment was on Friday. And so it was the first time I was ever seeing this doctor. And I really picked her because she was in my plan, not too far from my office, but she had really good reviews. So I went and I did like her. I will say that. And thank God, all of my blood work came out really well. She said my cholesterol is perfect. The, the, the sugar stuff is good. The thyroid stuff, everything is great. The only problem is, is my blood pressure is on the borderline high stage. So it's, she says it's a little on the high side, but not high enough yet to require medication because she feels, and I know this is true because it's happened in the past. If I actually lost some fucking weight, my blood pressure would go back into the normal range. So I'm putting it out here because I need some people to fucking call me out on my shit, hold me to it, that I need to do something to lose some weight. Now, um, up here in Connecticut, it's still a little too chilly to be out there swimming. However, my complex's pool opens next weekend. And a couple of years ago, I had started taking swim lessons because I needed to learn how to swim because I never learned how to swim, even though I lived on a goddamn island all my life, right? But um, so I finally learned how to swim and I really enjoyed it. It was great exercise because as I'm getting older, the joints hurt more and everything else like that. But, it, you know, it was great cardio exercise. Plus, it was really good for my mind. It was really actually like a form of meditation. So um, I want to start getting back into swimming. So part of my plan, and it will help with the weight loss, because even the doctor says, she's like, you got to watch your diet. You got to watch your exercise. But even if you just start doing one of the two, you'll make a difference. So I figure I'm going to start going swimming, even if it's at night after work, even if it's cold out, because I can just run back down to my apartment and shower and warm up, but I got to do something because I have no interest on being on any type of medication if I can help it. So that was my fun week. So what about you? (laughs) Oh, I'm going to actually start with my win for the week because Mm -hmm. the rest is so sad. 
I just want everyone to have a smile on their face that like slowly diminishes. So <laughs> as everyone's aware, my, my dog and I have been having a little growing pains moving into a new state at a new home. And she, I mean, if you listen to last week's show, she was uh, all of the Marquis de Sade smearing shit on the walls. And, and it was just, it was a real literal shit show. And I came home today and I, I was exhausted, which I'll get into. And I was like, if I have to give this dog a fucking bath, these, these people don't get another podcast from us because I'm going to lose my shit. And I came home and she had peed on the PP pad, not adjacent to it, not all over the ground. There was no poop. She didn't need a bath. I just came home. I took her for a walk. And then I'm um, now I'm here with you guys. And it was amazing. It was the most magical feeling Aww. to not because ha- I mean she doesn't like it. It's not like she was like, oh boy, it's six o'clock, I get a bath, or oh, it's 530. Yay. So anyway, Aww. so that's so that's getting better, which is great. Because last week I got my second COVID shot. Uh-oh. And um, as many of you know. I am already like the sick little boy from Secret Garden or or what Tiny Tim or any of those like uh, sad, sickly literary characters. I'm that. I am. I am on all the medicine Bridget doesn't want to be on. And uh, yeah. Anyway, so I got the second shot, and I was a little worried because a close friend of mine who has similar reactions to vaccines he was real sick as was his wife. And I was like, "Mm, this is going to go bad. I had, I didn't, I didn't know fucking bad. I got the shot on May the 4th and I took the day off because I wanted to be a star Wars nerd. And (laughs) I was like, all right, this is fine. I could probably work from home. But halfway through the day, I was like, I don't, I'm really cold. And I was like, Oh, it's like fever chill thing. I'm fine. The next day I woke up and I had like 80 year old arthritis, like every joint in my body hurt. It hurt me to move about my home. I basically stayed in bed until I saw my mom for Mother's Day. That was literally what I did. And I don't regret it. I would get the shot again and be sick because I have, you know, I'm building up that immunity to this horrible thing that has kept us all from our regular life. But sicker than fuck i mean it was unreal so anyway today was my first day back at work and everyone was looking at me like did you just want a vacation and i was like i'm tired it was hard (laughs) and it was like yes i did want a vacation but i wanted a vacation and not just a day off yeah so yeah that's uh that's me in a nutshell that's what i did so that's fun fun but at least you're starting to feel better and that is the main thing so i'm very happy to hear that i really am yeah well and it's one o'clock so oh what are we drinking tonight oh i have the highest of class screw top bottles today (laughs) actually it's a really good wine and i don't understand why it's so cheap or in a screw top bottle (laughs) uh it's it's called winemaker selection classic series and it's a red blend with bold flavors of blackberry cranberry and vanilla with soft and smooth finish it reminds me of like if 
your like mom's fruity ass Merlot had a baby with like a really sophisticated like cab or Pinot Noir, like just a, like a good blend. Anyway, that's, uh, that's no tea for me today. Today it's one o'clock. Well, enjoy it. And just to warn everybody, we usually record either on a Saturday or Sunday morning. So it's Monday night and it's, well, it's after 9 p.m. for me. So is, she yeah. definitely deserves the wine tonight. Also, fuck, I can day drink. You don't know. But it's it's nighttime. That's for real. It's nighttime. Yes, it is. So we have so, drunk. Yes, go. No, you go. You're so polite tonight. I really like this. I like 647 slash 947 Bridget. She's so polite. All your all your piss and vinegar is diluted over the over the course of the day. Uh, no, they so broke we, me. <laughs> we had promised we were going to tell some celeb stories. And we're going to be honest with you. We're probably not going to be able to get through all of them. This will be something we revisit later. And I have a, a little bit of an unfair advantage because I uh, I worked in multiple theme parks. Um, and then I also did publicity for the theme park for like photo shoots when celebs would come in. And then on top of that, I worked in the film and uh, TV and music video industry for a while. So um, I am going to let Bridget go first, I guess. Do you want to open things up with something you yeah. think is amazing well i'll open one I'll, I'll open up whether it's amazing compared to your stories that's a whole nother thing because you know i did tell my favorite patrick stewart hugh jackman story last time um <clears throat> and you know you do have definitely have the 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 whatever the fucking phrase is i don't remember yeah you got one over me on this but i do <laughs> thankfully i live in new york so i do run into people occasionally and or i lived in new york and then like plus i pay lots of money to get photo ops done and sometimes you get some funny stories out of that but i want to tell a little story from when i was a kid just because it was actually i think it was really more on the sweet side but i used to go skiing all the time when i was a kid Vermont. Like I learned how to ski before I was, I don't know, three years old. Like I don't remember a time where I didn't know how to ski. Haven't gone in years because I'm fat and lazy and I don't want to exercise and I don't like the cold anymore, but I used to love go, to go skiing. So we went to Vermont. I think the place was Stowe. I don't remember. I forget which place it was in Vermont. It wasn't our, we used to usually go to Killington. It wasn't Killington. And it was after the movie Superman came out. And we're, it's lunchtime and we're in the lodge and, you know, and it's really, really crowded, but it's sort of quiet. And my father goes, Hey, look over there. And I turn and I look and sitting at the table behind us and just wait, let me backtrack a little bit. So when you go to these ski lodges, at least back in like the late seventies, early eighties, you would have like giant, like sort of like picnic style tables where, you know, like the bench tables where, you know, 30 people on each bench, but you didn't necessarily know everybody at the table. You just, everybody sort of squeezed in and made themselves comfortable, right? So everybody's sitting next to each other. Nobody knows each other. So my father's like, you know, look behind us. And sitting at the table behind us was none other than Superman himself, Christopher Reeve. And, oh, shit. oh, shit is right. And forget about this story and then every so often my father reminds me which is hysterical since he's got alzheimer's and my father's the one reminding me of the story at this point but he reminded me of it recently and there he was sitting there 
just as beautiful in person as he was on the TV, just sitting in the middle of this bench table with all of us, you know, normal people eating his lunch there with his family. And you'd see like all these like little kids, like keep going back and forth, back and forth, staring at him, knowing that, you know, like, like they wanted to see Superman eating lunch, but like nobody approached him and they just sort of let him do his thing. And he was just very pleasant and, you know, nice to everybody. And then for like the rest of the day, because now you knew Superman was there. Now you're on the lookout for Superman. So the rest of the day, we'd run into him while skiing and stuff. And like, you know, I didn't have any real interactions with him, but it was just like, you know, that's, you know, it was like my one of my first celebrity in the wild encounters. And that was as a child and it was fucking Superman. So I just, you know, like my father reminded me of it and, you know, and I, you know, I, there's a little sentimentality, especially cause it was my father and skiing. And it was like one of the things that he and I really bonded over, but there was Superman sitting and having lunch with us. So that's my first story, which is really sort of boring, but it's still, um, that's not boring. It is actually quite awesome. And I'm going to uh, piggyback that with a childhood story of my own. But I do want to first say when I was real little, uh, it was around the time the movie Christmas Story was out. Mm -hmm. My mom and dad went on a, a cruise and they got contacted by the cruise line and said, hey, um, so this show, real people, they're coming. There's going to be a wedding, blah, blah, blah if you want to reschedule we know this is a huge imposition and my mom and dad were like um we're gonna go on our trip you film wherever you want to film we're going and so my mom like years later when i'd made them watch christmas story for the ninety-seven thousandth time <laughs> in a row on christmas day my mom was like i think i have a picture i want to show you and she had a picture with peter billingsley or whatever his name is we're gonna get emails now cool billingsley um, Thanks. So she has a picture with him and he looks super fucking uninterested in talking to my mom or whatever. And then this other guy that was also on that show. And I, it's such a cool picture. My mom looks super rad in her like 80s shorts and her hair is all cute. <laughs> and I, I've discovered that story like recently. But Aww. yeah, no, but so much my, my childhood story because I want to share with you and also we're going to get probably some angry comments on this. But when you said Christopher Reeves, I thought of horses, and I met Roy Rogers when I was a kid. Oh, how did you meet Roy? So we went in uh, out in like near Apple Valley. There used to be the Roy Rogers and Dale Evans Museum, mm -hmm. and we were there one day, and we walked up. I mean, I was little; I had to be like six, seven. I mean, this was the age my parents were taking me to circus, circus, and like getting my face painted for fun so it wasn't it, it wasn't an ad, anywhere near an adult and he's been dead a very long time but so he was just there hanging out because they lived in the area they had a ranch out there and when we showed up he asked us if we wanted a tour and so Roy Rogers walked us through his and Dale's life are you serious and, yeah he took us through the entire museum and showed us everything and it was amazing because I was old enough that I'd already watched some westerns and stuff with like my grandpa and so I totally knew who he was and I was like holy shit that's the guy from the horse and the it was really cool uh but I was I was real little and I don't even know if we have any pictures from it but 
my mother would be so jealous right now for she was a huge Roy Rogers and Gene Autry fan. And Ugh. for Christmas, I one year I like, you know, you don't know what to get your parents after a while because they have everything they want or need. And I ended up by I found um, a lunch pail from about her, you know, about when she was like seven, eight years old. And it was a Roy Rogers Dale Evans lunch pail. I found it on eBay and I Ugh. bought her that. And she was so excited about it because it was like from her childhood age. But she was always a huge horse fan and stuff like that. And Roy Rogers and Gene Autry were two of her favorites. So she would definitely be jealous of that one. Definitely. Oh, that's so cool. I it is. That. It is. So um, I was, uh, when I was a kid, I used to fly out to California all the time because I lived in New York. My mother's family was from Los Angeles because actually originally I am from LA. And uh, I, um, oh God, I hear I'm horrified. So I would fly out to California all the time on the plane by myself. And oftentimes, you know, the stewardesses or flight attendants, whatever the appropriate term is nowadays, they would give me things to do. You know, oftentimes, like, you know, the airlines would have like coloring books and sticky books and stuff like that. Plus, my parents would pack a bag with books and, you know, coloring books and all that stuff to keep me entertained. So, but every so often, like the flight attendants would be really cool. So one day they're like, oh, would you like to help us serving like candies or whatever the hell it was? Because, you know, this is back in the late seventies, early eighties, when you actually got like real meals on planes and all of that. Yeah. So I'm walking up and down the aisle, serving whatever the hell it is they have me serving. And obviously it's not the dinner meals. It's, you know, just the the crap at the end of the, the towards the end of the flight. And sitting there on the plane was Jack Klugman, who I knew from the odd couple, who I idolized because I was a slob too. And I was so scared to go over to him. And he was so fucking grumpy. He was like Mr. Grumpy and stuff like that. But like, I was so nervous because, oh my God, there's Jack Klugman. There's Oscar Madison. <laughs> But yeah, so that was fun on the plane. So it was, you know, it was like, I actually, you know, because of the different trips to back and forth to California, I did, I actually did meet a few people, but I just remember Jack Klugman and it was bizarre, very, very bizarre, but he was grumpy and I didn't like that. I didn't like the grumpy ones. Yeah. It's, it's unfortunate when you do have that like grumpy experience for sure. Um, I won't say who it was because I still really care about and respect this person, but uh, I met someone that I idolized very much and um, they wouldn't, it was after a Broadway show too, by the way. So it wasn't like I just like approached this person like random and was like, hello, I want to take selfies and I want to get you to sign shit. I was waiting with a bunch of people and they were just like, yeah, we don't, we don't do that. I was like, ass. you're at a stage door. How hard is it? Um, anyway, uh, so that, that happens sometimes. And actually, I, I, now I sound like I'm doing the uh, uh, stuff, <laughs> but I have a stage door story that was on the same trip. So this was 2005, it was 25. And I went to New York City and I went on the Sex and the City tour and we went to all the places like Pestis and and Aiden's Bar and Carrie's Doorstep, which they were like, take your picture and fucking run because the people that live here don't like it. 
<laughs> and we did all that stuff. We went out to a meat packing district. It was awesome. Awesome. And then we saw spam a lot. And then we were waiting outside spam a lot. And while we were waiting for people to come out from spam a lot, like David Hyde Pierce and uh, Tim Curry and stuff, it was like right when it opened. So all the good people were still in it. We're standing there. Dad looks over and he's like, is that Jeff? That's Jeff Goldblum. And he's just like standing there. Because uh, at the time, this was a Schubert Alley um, mm-hmm. area. And so those two theaters kind of back up to that same alley with that quaint little gift shop I love. And anyway, so we're standing there. And, and my dad's like, hey, you're from Pittsburgh. And so we started talking to Jeff Goldblum. And then 25-year-old Aaron had a lot less mom bod and was sort of okay looking, I guess. And he just like latched onto me. And actually I have a photo. So when I post this, maybe I will post it through the uh by Coastal Biatch's Twitter for all of you to yes. see. But there's a picture where I legit look so fucking uncomfortable. I look like I am begging for help with my eyes because he is squeezing me so tightly. And my birthday is in August, y'all. So send presents, but also my birthday is in August. So for those of you who've been to New York in August, it's not a time you want a grown man wrapped around your clammy, gross body because it's humid as fuck. And uh, anyway, yeah, he was lovely. And uh, if Jeff Goldblum is ever looking for another Mrs. Jeff Goldblum, I'd be happy to talk about Jurassic Park with you at nauseum and uh, <laughs> and take you up on that offer. But yeah, no. So we we met him and then kind of almost couldn't get rid of him and missed really? people coming out of the spam a lot stage door. Oh yeah. Cause he was just so thrilled that we were also from Pittsburgh that he just wanted to chat with us. And it was, it was sort of bizarre. So that's that. Yeah. He's definitely a little on the bizarre side from everything I've seen, but very interesting. And Aaron is absolutely right. New York, August, stay the fuck off me. Don't touch me. Don't go near me. It's just gross. It's hot. And especially when you're in the city, you got the city smells too. That just does not add to it at all. It really doesn't. Uh, So speaking about Broadway, and I don't know who the hell is going to remember this guy, but it just, it's on my list because it's another shit list person. Do you remember the movie Amadeus? Yeah. So Tom... Was it Hulsey or Hulse? I forget which. And it's actually pertinent to the story. Whatever way he pronounces his last name. The guy who portrayed Amadeus Mozart in the movie Amadeus. Right. So I was in the city one day walking down by Broadway. And I absolutely loved Amadeus. He was also in this movie called Dominic and Eugene. And I think Ray Liotta was in. Was it Ray Liotta in it with him? I'm not 100% sure. But he plays, uh, Tom Holsey plays a mentally challenged um, sanitation worker and his brother, who's played by the other actor, who I'm pretty sure was Ray Liotta, but I can't remember right now, um, is his big brother who's taking care of him and stuff like that. It was a great, really Dominic and Eugene? Yes. Yes. That's it. Dominic and Eugene. Was it Ray Liotta? Yeah. Yes. Damn good. Sometimes my mind works for me. So, and I love that movie. So I was a fan. And, oh, he was also in Parenthood. So, and he was the, the shit little brother who, you know, who's a total screw up and everything. So I'm walking down Broadway or right near Broadway and I see him walking. And I'm like, oh, Tom Hulse. 
And he looks right at me with this look and he's like, it's Halsey or vice versa, whatever the proper way, whatever way it is you pronounce his last name. I pronounced it the wrong way. And instead of saying, oh, no, it's actually Hulse. Thank you. Have a good day. It's just like this fucking arrogant little shit look on his face. Like, how fucking dare you talk to me and not even pronounce my name right? And I was like, you fucking asshole. I ain't ever watching another thing you're in. Yeah. And I haven't actually. Though I have rewatched Amadeus since then. But yeah, that annoyed me. Another little shit. And he doesn't have much of a career anymore. And I wouldn't be surprised if it was because of his attitude. Well, so first of all, I just want to point out that we don't normally notice our age difference. I would say <laughs> it's not normally apparent. I know what I know he was in uh, Amadeus because I've seen that and, and I like watching films of all eras. But the reason I knew who he was was because he voiced Quasimodo and Hunchback. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. I think I watched that once. Yeah. But if it makes you feel better, he's like super fat and old now and not at all hot like he used to be. Well, good. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm <laughs> such a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. Like, don't be a dick. Don't yeah. be a dick about these things. Well, I want you to feel better about your Broadway story. Okay. So follow your Broadway story with another Broadway story. And most of you are not going to know who Kristen Chenoweth is, probably. Or maybe you do. I don't know. She was on Pushing Daisies, that, sh that short-lived show on NBC, and um, which was heavily forced upon me at Comic-Con one year. And um, <laughs> she was, of course, Glinda in the uh, original Broadway cast recording and uh, show of Wicked, as well as the out-of-town preview. Uh, anyway, so we were big Wicked fans. The Scabretti family was. Hey, that's my last name, guys. Cool. Stalk me. Anyway, so we were big fans of Wicked, and we saw it out of town before it premiered. And um, Robert Morse was actually the wizard before it opened. Ooh, I like and, that. And um, he was great. And, but, like, a little, like, not curmudgeon like, just, like, a little bit, like, I don't know, flummoxed or, uh, I don't know. He didn't, he didn't fit the character. He wasn't slimy enough. He just was kind of like this cute little old man. He reminded mm -hmm. me of who he was on Mad Men. Right. Only not a wizard. So anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> so long story short, too late. We went to New York to see Wicked and we saw, I think we saw Wicked or three times on Broadway. We were crazy theater people for a while, especially pre-COVID. And um, my mom and I have this really bad habit of like one of us, if we're there together, one of us steps off a random New York street corner curb the wrong way and twists their ankle. Guaranteed. Happens every time. And so this time it was my mom's turn. And so she had like really messed up her ankle. And so we were talking to Idina Menzel outside of Wicked stage door and just chatting and she was being lovely and I was like oh my god I was saying um your song over the moon like oh I love you so much we're talking and then we noticed this tiny blonde woman escaping and she had when um Chris Chavez had fallen and had this neck brace on during the show that time when we had mm -hmm. seen it and it had bedazzled this neck brace so that Glenda still looked very fashionable 
And so I see this tiny blonde woman with a neck brace, like quickly sauntering away. And I was like, oh no. And my mom was like, I can't get there. And I literally was like, thank you so much. And I backed away. I don't, I guess my parents must've finished the conversation. I don't know what happened, but they stayed. And I chased Kristen Chenoweth down the street in New York, like a fucking crazy person. And I caught up to her and I was like, oh my God, Kristen, hey, I'm sorry. I'm not a creep. I'm not, I just, my mom sprained her ankle and she's, you're her favorite. And like, I'm more in Alphaba, but oh my God, if you could just, she's trying to catch up. She's just injured. So she was perfectly lovely. And she stood there and chatted with me until my mom and dad arrived. But like, I mean, I, it was like at least one New York city block, if not further, I, I chased this poor tiny woman and she's like 410, 411. She's not a large person. And I'm five, six and I'm, I'm chubby. Even then I was chubby and I was just running at this little person. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like me chasing after Patrick Stewart from last week's episode. Yeah, but, <laughs> but I understand why. Stewart is so sexy. Kristen Chenoweth's adorable, but end game win there for me to see like a hot guy, you know? It's different. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That is true. So let me tell you my New York story. And this is to me my quintessential New York story. So I was working in the city and when I worked in the city, I was commuting from Long Island in, and I would have to take the Long Island road. And then I would have to take two subways to get to my stop. And then of course do it in reverse to get back home. So it's rush hour on a weekday night subway is packed. And if you've ever taken the New York city subways, you know, if it's <laughs> middle of rush hour and the, car that you walk into has a big space in it and people are cramped up on one side. It usually means there's some homeless person there doing stuff that you really don't want to be anywhere near. You also know that the subways are never quiet. People are always loud talking. There's always noise going on. So middle of rush hour and each of the subway stops, I subways I had to get onto, it was only one stop per subway ride, right? So I get onto the subway and into this car and it's packed. And I look over and I see this giant, huge, like semicircle in the middle of the subway car. And I'm just like, Oh God, what's happening now. Right. <laughs> but then I also noticed that it's dead silent in the subway car. Absolutely dead silent, which is weird. Cause usually if there's somebody who you don't want to be near in the subway car during rush hour, they're usually loud and you figure out very quickly why there's a big, empty space in the subway when everybody's crushed on top of each other. Well, I look over to that semicircle and sitting like dead center on in one of the seats is Jerry Orbach and some woman who I would <gasps> presume is his wife. And he looked like he just stepped off the set of law and order. He had one of the Lenny Briscoe uh, blazers on with the flag on it. And the whole car is staring at him and nobody is saying a word and he's just sitting there talking to this woman, again, who I'm assuming was his wife, because it looked like she should be old enough to be his wife. It didn't look like it was a 20-year-old or something like that. And But everybody's staring and everybody's looking. And I remember as we pulled into our stop, which at this point was Penn Station, which was where most people were going to be getting off. As we're getting off, this one guy who I had been crushed against turns to him and just says, 
Thank you very much, Mr. Orbach. I really admire your work. Thank you so much. And he looks, he just, I was about to call him Lenny Briscoe, <laughs> but Mr. Orbach just looks right up and he's like, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Have a good night and goes right back to the conversation with his wife. I'm going to just keep saying it's his wife. And you could just see everybody's like smiling and they just walk off the subway car and we're all good, you know? And it's one of those quintessential New York moments where you're riding the subway with a celebrity who's just living their life. And like, you know, Jerry Orbach, huge, huge Broadway star, which I could tell you, I mean, it's, you know, it's Jerry Orbach and I know you're a Broadway fan, but you know, then you get the age of people like my age who probably, probably learned about him first from like dirty dancing oh, then you have the law sad. and order yeah and then you got the whole law and order fandom which is insane and in new york you you know you can throw a rock any day at one point in time and run into a law and order tape live taping on the city streets so like you know and he's he had that reputation in new york just everybody fucking loved him and to see a subway car, like giving him that type of space in the middle of rush hour. Like, I mean, that's just insane as it is. I mean, we only give homeless people that type of space, you know, because you, you, you're afraid of what's going to come at you, you know. But like to give him that space and everybody's just dead silent, you know, but we're all watching. We're all staring because we all love Jerry Orbach. It was just like every time I think of that story, I get chills. I like I get teary eyed. I get a little choked up. Because I just remember that one moment and it was just, but he looked just like Lenny Briscoe. <laughs> it was so wild. So much fun. God. You're so lucky. I have, I'm going to kind of change and I apologize to everyone listening, but I'm, I think I'm going to call it on the celeb thing for a second. Cause I want to mm -hmm. just step sideways here. And I've used, I've been using this term with my mom and she's like, stop saying that. But I think sometimes that I am transgenerational. It's mm. something I'm trying to start. But I have this insane list of men that were like men that I love and they're dead. And Jerry Orbach's on the list, as well as Dana Andrews, Gene Kelly, Christopher Plummer. Uh, I have a weird soft spot for Bing Crosby and Bob Hope. Like, I'm not I'm not going to lie. I'd probably have done dirty things with both of them. <laughs> but so I love all these like dead. Oh, Will Holden, shit, Steve McQueen. <laughs> I love these like dead old timey actors. And so I often think, and my music selection is very, very, is it's really varied. So I often think that sometimes I was born in the wrong time. I think that's why you and I get along so well is one, you know, stuff that, you know, from my childhood, even though there is that age gap. And I mean, it's not quite a 10 year gap, but that can still make a difference. But like you, I, you know, my parents, there was a 16 year age difference between my parents and I grew up, you know, so I got to see all this stuff that my father liked that was from my father's childhood and his, you know, 20s and 30s. And then my mother's, you know, because it was very, very different. And I grew to appreciate both as well. I mean, like Cary Grant, my mother, oh. not my mother, my mother liked him. But like me and my grandmother just like used to drool over Cary Grant when we would watch movies of his. You know? Do you love bringing up baby with him and Cary Oh, my Hepburn God. And the fucking, oh what God. is it, a leopard or? A... Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. God. I love that movie. 
and then there's arsenic and old lace as well oh, that movie, yeah my mom had not seen that movie and it came on I, like pre-covid maybe even like last mm-hmm. christmas or two christmases ago and no god how long have we been in covid yeah two christmases ago <laughs> jesus christ yeah anyway <laughs> um it came on and i was like oh my god you've never seen this we have to watch it that movie is hysterical because he's so like he just doesn't know what to do with his life he's so upset oh completely we used to in my house in long island we used to have a sign over the stairs to the basement that said panama canal and like what what was it that the brother used to shout when he was going down to the panama canal what what was it what was it Oh, oh no. fuck. Shit. Fuck. Oh, gonna, we can I'm need a pause. I'm gonna look it up. I'm not even so, gonna play. So you look it up while I just talk a little bit. Yeah. So we put the sign up because you know, because of the movie Arsenic and Old Lace, and every time my father would go down to the basement, he would shout out that line that I am drawing a total blank on. But that movie was so good. And I, I recently rewatched it as well because it had been years since I had seen it. But Cary Grant was just so incredibly handsome. The way he carried himself, you know, there, there's that meme that's out there. Um, and it's a picture of like Cary Grant and versus, you know, men of the old days versus men of the new days. And then there's some, you know, whatever guy dressed with his pants below his ass and you know whatever looking like whatever and it's like you know who's the real man i'm like give me carrie grant any fucking day because he was one sexy motherfucker he really was oh so handsome so handsome i want a guy that needs to wear his pants up near his nipples (laughs) i can't find the quote i'm trying to stall but also 30s, I'll start 40s, looking. 50s men really had very, very high. I mean, they would out high waist any jean, Old Navy, or anywhere else is selling right now because they were so high up. They were. They really were. Why is this it... so hard? Because <laughs> we want to find this. Them. Oh my God. Um, can... <laughs> so fucking annoying because it's. And we're, we're, we think it's so funny right now and everybody else is going to be like, you guys really think this is funny the way you just freaking, you know, uh, uh, talk this shit up. Um, oh, my God. Where is it? I mean, I'm look. Uh, there's all kinds of stuff about. Oh, I, well, I'm off to Panama. Bon voyage. Mm, that doesn't no. seem right now. Okay. No. No. Mother, if if my mother was reliable about responding to texts very quickly, I would text her. But she sometimes responds right away, and sometimes she takes days. Oh my god! I found a page with quotes, but it's all about the uh, the elderberry wine. Was it just a charge? Maybe. Dang it. But you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God. We're going to have to give up on this, and but we're going to have to find this for next time because this is going to make us crazy otherwise. Yeah, we're going to, honestly, we're going to have to come up with this. Yeah. So we promise everyone we will provide you. If I have to play you the movie, just exactly. audible only, I will. We'll but that it. was the... 
And it was funny because the other thing I realized when I rewatched it recently was that movie took place and was supposed to be taking place in Brooklyn. And I'm like, really? And it was like, oh, that's right. At one point, Brooklyn was nice with like gardens and stuff. <laughs> Sorry to you, Brooklyn people, but you know. <laughs> I mean, okay, You're we, not ha we wrong. have to move. I know I'm not. Okay, we got to move off of this because this is just ridiculous at this point. <laughs> well, maybe maybe the fact that we have failed our listeners is time for us to open it up to them and also say goodnight for tonight. I think or that to, might be a very good or time. Or pretend it's morning. Whatever time you want it to be will be your time. Um, yeah, sexy voice. Yes, no, but Carrie we want to hear from you. If you have a weird dead celeb crush, let us know. Mm -hmm. Can I, you give us all of our socials again, as well as the email, because you set them up, but I don't know. Okay, so we are on um, our email address is by Coastal Biatches, B I C O A S T A L B I O T C H E S at gmail.com. We are also on Twitter. If you search for Bi Coastal Biatches, you will find us. But the actual handle is B I C O A S T A L B I O T C 1. And that's on Twitter. And let me just see if I actually got us set up on Instagram like I planned on it. Um, <laughs> Oh, wait. So there's that. <laughs> We've got a picture up, but I think that's from one of my Instagram posts. <laughs> okay. Apparently, I didn't do Instagram and I thought I did. Okay. So I didn't do Instagram. So, <laughs> so Twitter by Coastal Biatches, Gmail by Coastal Biatches. You can find us there, or you can come to me directly at BridgetFA at on Twitter, Instagram, or Instagram. Uh, you can be found both ways. And what about you, Erin? Well, I like to be super confusing. So my Instagram <laughs> and my Twitter handle are T-O-A-O -O Turtle. No, it's not Tau Turtle. It's the one and only turtle. So at T-O-A-O -O Turtle. And uh, yeah, check me out or, or don't. I don't care. I mean, I care. <laughs> I care too much when I'm trying to not be chuggy. Right. And so remember, tell your friends, subscribe, like, and rate us anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Sorry. Send your dad sub. Yep. Okay. I think it's time to go because Aaron can't <laughs> stop. <sighs> okay, everyone. Get your COVID shots. <laughs> Yes, go get fucking vaccinated. I need to get laid soon, so go get vaccinated so I can get some ass. I don't oh, wait. I didn't have anything it's to add late. on that. So it's too late. <laughs> I okay. think this is the problem. Guys, um we're gonna go. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm gonna just end this. I just lost it and I'm not gonna edit this at all. <laughs>